0: hi everyone welcome to sex queens i'm jules and i'm maggie
1: keeping you on top so you stay hot hey everyone happy new year sex queens thanks for tuning in for our very first episode of 2021 coming at you live 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 just because we're together but not we're alive live right now like but. we're in
0: real life together but like we're not live but we're alive i at you
1: through your headphones
0: everybody you in know 2021. made it to 2021 hopefully 2020 is behind us far away even though but actually we took a hiatus in january we now did. we're right now we're only a little bit into january and it's already been cray cray we don't know what it's going to look like when this is released, right? Because we still have a good amount of January left. Right. But hopefully, we're turning the corner of everything and we're leaving it
1: behind. That's our hopes. We're definitely bringing some of the problems in 2020 into 2021 already. <laughs> we are. We are. But, yes, definitely agree. Really hope that, you know, this it gets year. a little bit better. Yeah. Like, doesn't it doesn't have to completely fix but just a little bit better. But a little bit better. Would be like, nice.
0: Better than what's been happening right now in the beginning. And again, if people, they'll remember how January was. So yeah. hopefully it only gets smoother from here on. And One hopefully can only we hope. really are being a happy new year. Happy new so year. Cheers to that being the case. New year, better sex.
1: <laughs>
0: every year. That should be an every year. Every
1: year, better sex.
0: <laughs> every year, your sex goes up 1%. Oh, more. Every year. You Perfect have a lifetime shit. to work on it.
1: Oh, uh, that's true. At live to least, be 100, then at yeah. At least 1%. By the time yes, you're 100, you to 100, you're having 100% sex. That's great. Satisfaction guaranteed. Okay, so what are we talking about today?
0: Today, we're going to be talking about polyamory part one. The reason why part one is because I'm pretty sure this will be more parts because it's a pretty big topic, and I personally am interested in it. Um, my nerd brain is interested. I always have been, and I would want to interview some people and get more in-depth with it. That's why I'm saying part one. And then today is just going to be like an overview of what it is, what it's kind of looked as, and a reminder that this is polyamory, not polygamy, or open relationships. We'll probably do those at some other time,
1: because they yes. are a little bit different. Like, and we are like, going to get into why they're everything different. Everything
0: has a little bit of differences. So this one is about polyamory which is multiple love and i chose it for this month because it's a valentine's day the month of love and just for the new year i feel like love should just be out there so the more love in my opinion right now the better so i just thought it was a very fitting topic to start off with
1: more love yes and speaking of love that actually gets into the root word of polyamory so poly mm-hmm. comes from greek meaning many and then the amory part comes from the latin root word meaning love so it quite literally means many love
0: many love which again right now
1: i bring you many love
0: i bring you many love i hope our hearts have enough room for many love (laughs) because i think sometimes we need it especially now now more than ever so many love but what is polyamory It just means that you're in a consensual relationship of non-monogamy, which means that you can have multiple intimate partners in the relationship. And whether that's sexual or just romantic, it ends up being that it's in the knowledge of the people that are involved in it. So it's not a secret. It's just the fact that there's room for more people to love.
1: So there's this term called consensual non-monogamy, or CNM. I've seen it in a few places. That is essentially exactly what it sounds like, where you are in a relationship with someone. um, It is consensual that you are both non-monogamous. You both explore sexual experiences outside of one another. However, I think, and I might be wrong, but I think that polyamory... That's, like, a part of polyamory, but amory specifically refers to the romantic, like, love connection part of it. Oh, maybe the amory part is. but in you can general, be in an open relationship, yeah, which is different than polyamory. That is
0: different. Yeah. But in this one, in polyamory, it, is, it does say that it's the practice of having multiple intimate relationships, whether sexual or just romantic. So romantic mm-hmm. can cover it, too. But it's, like, sexual or romantic, as long as it's with the full knowledge and consent of the parties involved. And... Um, the the thing about it is that it's does not have to be gender specific anyone can have multiple partners of any gender so polyamory is not gender specific you can have any partners of multiple for multiple genders and it's like you know a revamp of the idea that it's like a lot of people are seeking one soulmate or think that they just need to have one romantic relationship in this one it's the idea of being able to prefer having many partners because one person can't just fulfill the relationship needs.
1: Right. So polyamory can involve um, a bunch of, um, a more wide range of relationships. Like you said, both uh, heterosexual or LGBT. Um, And then while polygamy specifically involves marriage to multiple people of the opposite uh, sexual orientation and opposite gender. So that's the difference between polygamy and polyamory. Um, They're not interchangeable. While because uh, polyamory has like the abundance of different um, sexual relationships and different genders.
0: Yes. And then um, the some of the statistics on it, like off the bat, is that at least one in five Americans has had a consensual non-monogamous relationship at some point in their lives, and about one in twenty is in one right now. That's what the growing mm-hmm. body of research shows about mm-hmm. about it. Um, And it shows that these bonds To be just as satisfying And fulfilling as those in a marriage
1: relationship um, Yeah and Also interestingly enough Holding uh, Constant across the categories Of age, race Socioeconomic group, education And political affiliation Research has shown that An estimated 21% of people in the U.S. Have engaged in some type of consensual non-monogamy uh-huh. Whether that's holding, whether that's polyamory, whether it's swinging, whatever it may be, um, 21%, that's kind of a, that's, a I mean, that's a fifth of people in the US. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially considering, like, you're controlling across all those different factors. Yeah. Age and all those things. So, that's interesting. Um, it's definitely something that I think a lot of people are curious about, but this is one of those topics that we're covering that, I mean, we always we often say that a lot of topics we cover have a quote-unquote stigma. I would argue that this is one of those topics that has one of the biggest stigmas and rumors and myths misconceptions about it. Misconceptions. Too. A lot of misconceptions, yeah. I would say.
0: And then also it's like to that point, right? Due to the stigma, it often is practiced privately and kept secret. So I think it's not as talked about as much as it's happening or one of those things. Again, why is something that I'm curious in because personally in my brain, Whenever I read about this or hear about this, I personally think that it makes sense. I think it makes sense for us as humans for a lot of reasons, biologically and just in general. I'll get into some of why Mm -hmm. I think that. But I personally want to learn more about it because I've always thought of that. Like, oh, yeah, like I remember even when I was in college and I took like a human sexuality class and this came up. And I was like, oh, like one of those moments where you're like thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that there's a lot to think about with it and how much it is in our norms or natural, quote unquote, and what is and what isn't. And how much stuff we're doing because it's a social construct versus what's naturally and neatly could be in us, but we're kind of just ignoring it. (laughs)
1: 100%. Yeah. And I think um, just like what you said, where anyone that's in a non-monogamous relationship, whatever kind that is, oftentimes you are challenging those social constructs and yeah. you're bringing into question well if it makes me feel good how can you tell me that it's wrong right kind of thing um and also at least in this in this scenario right. and also yeah. like
0: consensual and more people like having it right and it's like um they all they mentioned how we talked about that it's distinct from other forms of open relationships such as like swinging or polygamy which is like multiple marriages this one is more just the fact that you're having more relationships with partners, right? And then yep. also in polyamory, um it describes a wider relationship base than just like married partners because again of the fact that it involves both heterosexuals and lgbt <laughs> Try again. Nope. <laughs> Uh, okay, so <laughs> involves a wide range of things: heterosexuality, LGBT, everything. It's a little bit more wide of a spectrum, and you don't just have to be married. You're just in a coupling, and you can
1: just have more than
0: one yeah. partner. It's not as like closed off as some of It's the like other polygamy ones.
1: situation mm-hmm. where it's that's only marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, a couple other things of like the differences in in mm-hmm. polyamory among gender and sexual orientation. It's more common among men to have been or be in a uh, consensual non-monogamous relationship um, or to report of having had a polyamorous relationship. And then also members of the LGBT community are more likely than members who are who do not identify as part of the LGBT community to have had uh, or had report of being in a polyamorous relationship. Um, so, for example, one study suggests that a third of gay men have had polyamorous relationships which is a pretty big percentage i mean that's 33 percent that's mm-hmm. a lot of a huge population so it's definitely something that is more common i think it's becoming more common because it's becoming more open mm-hmm. and i don't know if we're we're not at the point where it's like acceptable socially because no. there's still a lot of legal issues that you can actually get in trouble for if you're say, openly polyamorous say, there's
0: a dark side to it which yeah. i think
1: we should touch on we definitely will um, um but first like i think i we should get into like what it is, yeah. what it's not, the different terms you can and hear about be able it.
0: And switch out, yeah.
1: <clears throat> Definitely. Um, so in polyamory, this, again, isn't always the case, but we're kind of going to give the, the, like, basic structure of, you know, the most common kind of, like, um, uh, dogma of, like, what polyamory is, where there's usually a primary relationship, meaning I'm with a partner who is who I'm like deeply devoted to. And usually those are long, more long-term relationships. Um, You might live with them more often. You might spend more time with them more often. So that's your primary relationship. And then you can have what's called like secondary relationships. And it doesn't matter how many there are. It's not like you can have only one secondary. You can have three secondaries Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, In your secondary relationships, there's still that love there and that devotion and those feelings of intimacy and you do spend time with them but typically it's le- it's less of a connection than you feel with the primary it's more it's not necessarily less emotional but it's just less of a deep connection than you might feel with the primary person that you're with yeah
0: well, like, you're not as rooted, or that's what it would seem like, right? Because if it's mm-hmm. primary, you're kind of engaging in a lot of Because it's
1: not just sex. Like, it's you more might, than just sex with a secondary.
0: It's fulfilling different, different types of needs. Again, going back right. to that idea of, like, right, somebody, like, fulfilling different needs that one person can't. Because, again, that's the part where I, like, keep it and I'm like, that makes sense. Because one person can't fulfill all your needs. So it's like, let's say, like, somebody is really intellectual, right? And you're with that person and you have really stimulating intellectual conversations, but your primary right. partner doesn't give that. That totally makes sense to me, right? It's like that person contributes only that aspect to you and you'd want to be engaged with that person because that's what it gives for you. right? But your primary can never do that because that's just not them. But that doesn't mean that you don't care or aren't devoted to that primary person. You just have other people for different needs.
1: right. Um, and also, what's involved with that is this idea of uh, well, so we'll get into like the the feelings of jealousy, and I know that's like a big, topic that comes up with polyamory, um, definitely like a comment that's made often where, oh, I could never do that because I would just get so jealous uh-huh. or I would just co- be constantly thinking about them with another person. And I think it's important to recognize that, ow, I just hit my funny bone on the table, that we're all human. Jealousy is a very natural, normal emotion. Um, everyone feels jealousy at some point. But what is interesting about polyamorous relationships is that it recognizes that jealousy... And again, like we say this every episode, but it really brings that communication to the forefront. You will not be able to have a successful polyamorous relationship without without so much communication, if not sometimes over communication, because otherwise it's just not going to work. And so when learning about jealousy, it's not that you never will get jealous. That's just unrealistic because you're human. That's just how your brain works. But it's about when those feelings arise, addressing them, communicating them, being honest with yourself. Hey, I'm feeling jealous. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's
1: talk about that. Maybe we should take a step back. Maybe we're not ready or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Or um, talking out
0: of like what it means to you because jealousy. Why does it, where does people, it come from? Yeah, because you, you remember? It's a byproduct of yourself. It's not like you're not actually jealous of the situation. It's usually that you're triggered and in being internally. Right, like it's, maybe I feel jealous because it's setting off some because, kind of alarms for you. But it's right. not like you're jealous of the actual situation. You're right. jealous of something that you maybe are entertaining or are not receiving. That's what jealousy is. It's not this idea that it's like, oh, that I'm jealous of that person. That's not what the core of jealousy is, is never that. That's just the situation that right. triggered it.
1: And so what often happens actually in polyamorous relationships is these studies have reported that, um, people are, people are recording these like high levels of happiness and satisfaction in their relationships because they're forced into almost having this like hypersensitive communication that monogamous couples may not ever have. Because mm-hmm. if you're in a monogamous couple, and you're always monogamous, you're never going to have sex with another person, then jealousy is seen as, well, yeah, of course I'm going to be jealous. Like, of course I'm getting jealous if you're talking to that person or you're flirting with that person. And it's it's kind of, it's never really something you talk about because it's never something you have to get over. It's yeah. like considered, jealousy is considered like a, a given almost. And so you don't really address it because you don't need to because then if you give in to those, you're cheating. And you're not being monogamous. So it's like a very black and white for monogamy. And then I think one of the things about polyamory that's interesting is it really brings these social constructs of what is and isn't quote unquote allowed in a typical relationship. Right um like why this,
0: yeah right and, right because
1: of the norms right yeah. and like the the mentality behind them and why you get jealous or why you feel abandoned or
0: why maybe you, you, feel you feel abandoned threatened that, threatened. that has
1: nothing to do with mm-hmm. your partner being having sex with someone else no maybe you feel abandoned because of something that happened when you two when you were a child and that you've never addressed mm-hmm. so what's interesting about polyamory and again not always but in a healthy relationship is you do communicate and you bring these um you almost do like a self like self therapy because mm-hmm. you bring all of these issues that you normally probably wouldn't in to a monogamous relationship to light because it's a, it's affecting your relationship with this person and their ability to have relationships with other people mm-hmm. consensually. So um that was something that I never really thought about until I started reading about it mm-hmm. and um so that's yeah that's like another myth buster is that People in polyamorous relationships are not as happy, or they have to go have sex with someone else because they're mm-hmm. not happy with the sex they're having. That is not true at all. And we're saying that is a complete myth. Like, that is not, it's not that you're unhappy with your sex not life, so then that. you have to go quote unquote cheat with somebody else. That's completely a myth. And unfortunately, that's become a huge stigma that like yeah. that's how people see it, um, people being society. But the ironic
0: part in society is that that is what happens in regular monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. That what you just said—that is what happens in regular relationships. Is somebody is not satisfied, they go cheat. That's why cheating is so rampant and prevalent, mm-hmm. in, or at least like right in society, like cheating is something that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. That means that there's no communication happening. Mm -hmm. Key point of polyamory, Mm -hmm. right? Communicating, being like, is is it allowed? Is it not allowed? Can I do this? The other people are just like, I'm going to go do this behind your back because something's not happening. I'm not talking about it. So I'm just going to run out and have an affair. And we all know that affairs are rampant. Yeah. Um, Which goes back to this idea, at least to me, right, of like this type of concept and being like, how much is that actually part of us natural and how much of it is a societal construct?
1: Right. And, yeah.
0: like, when you explore kind of history of, like, sexuality, kind of get breaks that down a little bit and kind of being, like, that maybe what we're doing now isn't as natural as we think and why something like this, even though, again, it's secretive and shame, might actually be – there's a reason for it. There's a reason why it's stuck around. There's a reason why it's happening.
1: Yeah, and I think, especially in America, um, we're very polarized. We're a very polarized society, so it's either – everyone has to be in a monogamous relationship or everyone has to be in a polyamorous relationship and that's just not true it's like if monogamy works for you that's great if polyamory works for you that's great too Mm -hmm. um but don't shame one another you know for doing either one because there's benefits to both but um i just find it interesting that like in polyamorous relationships you're almost forced to bring into question these things that we've been told from day one is, like, there's a mommy and a daddy and that's it and they're together forever and they never look at anybody else and they never think anybody else, you know, and, and like, like, these thoughts true. are impure and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that really brings it into question and kind of almost calls bullshit on it where it's, like, no, it's natural to have these thoughts. It's natural to lust after someone. Yeah. The difference is whether there's consent to within the relationship to act on it. Yeah. <laughs> or whether or not. And also it, it forces you to be honest with yourself because, like we said, we're currently talking about healthy polyamorous relationships. Yes. There are definitely toxic versions of that. One of which being if you agree to do it because your partner really wants to do it and you feel like they're not going to want to be with you or you do it to accommodate them or your your heart's just not in it, essentially, that's a really bad situation because then it's just going to be bad for you. You're just going to get jealous and you're going to get resentful and it's going to crash and burn. Yeah. Um, so like what we're talking about in this episode are healthy polyamorous, but there's definitely toxic versions of that. Just know. like there is with anything. Well, yeah, just like there is with, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Just like, just the like ideal, there is with anything. What it is, right? Because like right. a
0: lot of polyamorous relationships are very healthy. And again, they communicate, if anything, more than the typical relationship. Because I right. know, obviously I work with monogamous relationships all the time being a therapist, right? And I know how much people do not communicate and how much work it is to just work on the basics of changing your communication and actually telling each other things like that's a struggle it's a struggle for a lot of monogamous couples. and i
1: hear this a lot too where it's not even um in like a consensual non-monogamy or i mean it's not even like a polyamorous but like in a more swing situation like a threesome mm-hmm. for example i hear this all the time from people where they say oh i could never do a threesome i'd get too jealous mm-hmm. and instead of saying i get jealous because of this third party Maybe you should say, why do I even just thinking about that makes me jealous? You right. know, why don't you address that? And I'm not saying that once you address it, you're going to want to have threesomes all the time. No, but it's important <laughs> to think about why, why? you're feeling what why you're feeling. Why would you feel insecure? Why do you have that what reaction right think, away that makes yes. you just like shut it down like, immediately? Like what makes
0: you immediately think that it's going yeah. to be bad or negative?
1: Yeah. And like I said... I'm not saying that, like, everybody should have threesomes. No, if it's not for you, that's fine. (laughs) But I think it's important to not just shut people down because you think, oh, you just don't have that emotion. No, people in polyamorous relationships feel jealousy all the time. What's important is that they address it. That's usually the difference is they address it.
0: Right. Also, going back a little bit to history. Now, disclaimer, I have not finished this book. So at some point in the future... I'm listening to it on Audible. Mm. Audible represent us? No, um, <laughs> sponsor us? Audible? Um, no, but uh, it was—it's a book that I was listening to. It was called "Sex, Sex Before Dawn," which kind of goes through the history of sexuality back in the day to like the present, and kind of talks about these types of things about like monogamy being a construct and was it really what we're meant to kind of do. Like, are we wired to do it? Mm. And it kind of goes back to, like, other olden times of, like, when people used to live in, like, a village type of setting. Like, because obviously we used to be, like, gatherers and not live like this in our own solo condos and houses, blah, blah. So we used to be kind of, like, one big community. And back in that day, sexuality was a lot more fluid. Mm. Like, people would leave, and you could kind of have sex with each other's partners, women and men. And they were, like, a lot more engaged in it. And nobody questioned it like it's like it made the society still flow like touching on this idea of like jealousy or like how can things work like back then it used to be like yeah people had sex with one another and it was okay and then if anything like some of the times it maybe helped the population whatever the case was but like it wasn't seen as like morale it's good mm -hmm. for morale (laughs) well yeah but it wasn't seen as like such a negative connotation of that and it was just kind of just seen as like oh everybody i know that kind of sounds like almost like hippies but it's like originally we kind of were like hippies like Mm. everything's kind of like free space, we share, we do everything as a community, that means we can, like, have orgies, or, like, each other's partners, or whatever the case is, it was more like that, but then it's, like, I always think that that's interesting, because that's in our, and like, our old brains, right, so somewhere in there that's in there, right, like, that's why we look at more than one person, that's why we're interested, I think that kind of is, like, there's something to be said about that wiring, because it's somewhere within us, um, but we don't really explore it, and again, I don't know what else the book goes into later, which I do still want to, it's on the to-do list, you know, busy human here. (laughs) But there is like this idea where it's like, it looks at like that and it looks at like primates. Like I know that it was exploring Mm. some of that and just being like how we kind of develop it and what's happened with society. And are we actually trying to push against our natural selves just because we've created some
1: norms that might not be that natural for us. Hence why we're having so many
0: repercussions later.
1: Yeah. That's important to note. Um, polyamory or I guess you can't really call it amory because you don't know whether it's love, love, but having non monogamous relationships is incredibly common in the animal kingdom outside of homo sapiens. Yes. Incredibly common. And judging by the science of evolution, we're not very far off from most animal species So the idea that, yeah, like you said, we're supposed to be in this box. We're supposed to be in this random box that most animals are not in is very unlikely especially if we come from apes like apes report non-monogamy all the time so it's like why would we if that's our closest relative connected yeah um so that's something interesting to know and also just
0: in general just like a little for the polyamory thing or something that goes through my head sometimes is that i'm like the answer to that question like do we love more than one person yes we absolutely do Not always in a sexual manner, not always in a love manner, right? But we do love... Our brains are wired to love more than one person, right? Like, we love our partner, we love our family, we love our friends. They all have a space of love in them. Also, even with intimate partners, right... We have the ability, our brains are wired to be able to bounce back and create more partnerships. Like, if your partner dies, your brain takes on and gets another partner, and it's fine with adjusting to that. It doesn't I mean that you like love that, them less yes.
1: or you don't love them anymore. Right, right. but right. I
0: feel like that debunks the whole idea of, like, one, because that just debunks it in itself, right? Like, oh, if your partner dies, then technically you're done. <laughs> if it's just one, then that means you never would love or want to be intimate with anybody again. If right. it's just one. And if like, if i got to buy this blow-up blow then I'm that done. means that's it. <laughs> but the fact that we can keep going and adapt and do love or are interested in more than one person, I think that that says something about the fact that it's like, well, our brains are wired to be able to. Like, what if those people happen to be at the same time? Right. Doesn't mean that you don't love both of them with well, that polyamory idea, right? Or, like, again, like if one dies, then that, in my opinion, if it's just one, then that means your soulmate's dead. You can no longer. <laughs> have another person right but like how many people remarry? how many people have like new partners yeah because or divorce or whatever it is are wired yeah. to be able to keep loving and keep attaching to multiple partners which is kind of like the point of what they're saying yeah which i think that that's just like in my opinion i'm just kind of like well duh like that's a dumb moment like why isn't this agreed
1: on more when it's right. like duh that you can love more than one person right and i think it, it kind of goes back to that argument where it's like like, I know politically this conversation has had a lot where it makes the case for, like, universal health care or whatever it is. Or, like, distribution of wealth. But I think it kind of relates to love in that sense, too. Where it's like, love is not a pie chart where mm-hmm. if I get more, you get less. You know? Right. Or if, like, if I give this person more love, you get less love. That's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. It's not that black and white. It never has been. Love is a super complicated Just looking at a neuroscience perspective, super complicated process. We are just starting to crack the surface where we know what hormones firing and which ones aren't firing. Mm -hmm. That's about all we know about love, really, from a (laughs) neurological perspective. Yeah. It's not a pie chart. Like, it's not like, oh, if you love this person more, then this person gets less. (laughs) That's not what it is at all. You can't quantify it in that way. We'll probably never be able to. I mean, from, like, you know, Shakespeare was writing about, like, the the intricacies of love and how confusing it can be and how it doesn't really have a one definition. So, yeah. I mean, monogamy is a form of love. Yes. But just but as that's a, a form construct. of love, non-monogamy is also a form mm-hmm. of love. So, it's not that one's better than the other. Unfortunately, society at large, especially mm-hmm. in the US, has decided that monogamy is better and non-monogamy is oh, terrible, weird, you know, bad, whatever it is. Unsafe, like labeled as being all these like, things. again, like yeah. there's something wrong going on there. Yeah. Um, and it's not about a right versus wrong. It's just a different way. Right? Like
0: statistically wise right now, like things about this, like monogamy versus non, non-monogamy attitudes right now are changing, like especially in today's time. Um, nearly a third of millennials that were surveyed in 2020 by a YouGov poll Said that their ideal relationship was was non monogamous to some degree. So that's a third of them, and that's up from one fifth of U.S. adults back um, under thirty. This is all under thirty, but the this number is up from one third back in 2016. So that's not in a I mean one fifth messed that up. But anyways, (laughs) from 2016 to 2020. From two In 2016, it was one-fifth of the population, and now one-third of them are saying that ideally, like if they were thinking of an ideal relationship, it has some components of non-monogamy. Yeah. So it just shows how the attitudes are shifting, and there's more probably conversation about
1: it and more thought, like how we're talking about it now. No, they're there's definitely more- shifting, and the, and the conversation is, is definitely opening. Um, and I think because we're in that transitioning period where it's not fully accepted completely. Like, you're considered, you know, woke or progressive if you think the way, like, we're talking. But we're not fully there yet. But the fact that those conversations are starting is a Mm -hmm. huge step in the right direction. And um, that being said, though, there's still definitely a lot of issues and discrimination that people in polyamorous relationships face
0: yeah what's that dark side because i find that interesting i saw a few articles i feel like that's something you get into right the dark side of polyamory that most people don't talk about
1: yeah so Um, i like i didn't know until i read about it i didn't know that there were actual legal yes um legal things in place that can be a huge problem for you like Mm -hmm. for example there's a Some employers have what's called a moral clause Mm -hmm. that involves polyamory, where if you're in an open polyamorous relationship, that can have you lose your job if it doesn't align with the moral clause of that company. Yeah, that's That's crazy to me. I mean, think about that if that was flipped. Imagine, like, if being monogamous was considered... Bad and you lost your job over being monogamous. For being in a
0: relationship. How insane
1: does that Mm -hmm. sound? That's exactly how insane this is, you know? Right, for like whatever relationship you're trying to have, which again
0: influences the other person not at all, because I'm sure you're completing your tasks or whatever as you would be as a person. Right. But polyamory is not a legally protected status, like being straight or gay. So you can lose your job for being polyamorous. You could also have courts use it against you if you're having like child custody proceedings. Mm -hmm. So if you have children and you're polyamorous, People could use it against you for whatever way that they want. Which is
1: ironic because research has shown that children who grow up in polyamorous settings with, par- with polyamorous parent situations, mm-hmm. um, they are there is literally zero difference between them and any other monogamous family. Mm-hmm. And they were saying part of the reason might be because now, when, like say you were in a monogamous relationship, divorce is so high that kids are going to experience stuff like that anyway they're going to experience breakups with their parents or other adults coming into the relationship or aunts and uncles, whatever it is like they're going to experience love with their parents in other ways. And they're going to see that. So polyamorous has no effect on the development of kids. And like, that's another myth essentially that has been circulating where, Oh, how can you raise your kids in a household like that? They're going to be grow up to be this, that, and the other. And, the actual data has shown that that is not true, like, at all. If anything, they're just as successful, um, you know, raised the same, grow up the same, literally no problems. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy to me that right. there are still laws in place when there is data that exists that completely refutes that, you know? Right. Like, there's still a law in place that says, it's you shouldn't have custody of this because you're polyamorous when there's actual data that's been existing for years saying that's not true. That so it just opposite. goes to show that, like, s- the social constructs and the and the social pressures on the legal system can sometimes outweigh the actual data and science of it, you know? And then
0: also just, like, the misunderstanding of things at times, right? Because just because they're saying that one thing doesn't mean that they know what's actually happening. They're not even taking time to research it. They're just saying, like, oh, okay, that's not protected by law. Right. Or being like, oh, those polyamorous people... Probably are just having sex all the time. But that's not even the case. You can be um, asexual and be polyamorous.
1: That's a very good point. Yeah. So it
0: doesn't even always have to do
1: with actual sex. Polyamory does not have to do with sexual identity. Right. Which I think is very important. But I also read that some, uh, there is like a group of people that uh, are under the school of thought that they think polyamorous should be a sexual identity. And this was interesting too because they were saying how because polyamory to them was such a large part of their identity and like it does for a lot of people involve sort of a coming out process that they're making the case for it to be a sexual identity Mm. which i don't know i can see both sides um but what i wouldn't want it to happen is like oh you're either asexual or you're polyamorous which right because then it puts it into boxes again exactly yeah so like like, i don't really think it it matters not monogamy right i don't know if it like I don't want to say matters, but like, I don't know how it affects either way, but um, it is interesting that there is like a coming out process for people that are polyamorous mm-hmm. in a lot of situations. And I was reading this one story of this woman who said, like, she always had these feelings, like when she was developing, when she was 13, 14, of feeling like she never really wanted to be monogamous, but it wasn't until she was in her mid 20s that she was given a term. And hurt, because I didn't even hear about polyamory until I was in my 20s. -hmm. And this idea that, like, now that it had a term and it had people that also thought like her and felt like her, she felt like she was becoming part of this community. Very much like someone who might have a sexual identity that they weren't around. Like, they had a sexual identity from a young age, but they didn't know how to express it. They didn't know what it was called until they met like-minded people or found out, hey, this is called asexuality or this is called pansexuality or whatever it is. And it kind of helped them like identify themselves. So I get, I get the argument for that and I do get, I understand it from both sides, but um, something else that was interesting about polyamory that I didn't know.
0: One of the main things about the topic is that it is often misunderstood. And a lot of those, and like I said, it's like you don't hear about it until later. Right. Or like you're not exposed to it. Cause it's not something that's necessarily talked about because monogamy is talked about very early on right it's like that idea of like the prince and the princess like go find your prince like that's very early instilled into everybody but this idea that like something else can happen whatever it is like either if you have a sense of it or you're like i'm kind of questioning it kind of all gets shut down of any kind of questioning because it's like the idea is still just like go find your partner go find your thing and again the misconstructs of there's like myths that are debunked with it, right? Like this idea that polyamory is all about just having a lot of sex. And then the truth is that then that's not what it's about. It's about connection, support, intimacy, community. And interestingly enough, a lot of times people say that when they're in polyamory, they're actually more selective or less likely to jump into bed with somebody than they were before i read, like, a thing about this, that they were, like, more likely to be selective and think about having sex versus before when they were looking for a monogamous partner.
1: They were more likely to yes. jump into bed with somebody. And, yeah, that's a really good important important <laughs> point to bring up um, because another myth that exists about polyamory that mm-hmm. I read about is, oh, you're not having, you're not being sexually safe because you're having sex with all these different people and you're just out there, wild, STDs all around. Mm-hmm. That's actually not true. No, Research not. has shown that people in polyamorous relationships are more likely to make safe sex consensual choices than someone who's in a monogamous relationship that cheats. Mm-hmm. Because if you che- if you are um, unfaithful in a monogamous relationship, you're more likely under some type of influence, whether it's drugs or alcohol, because you're trying to justify the decision in your head because you know that you're not supposed to be doing it. Um, you're also usually making that decision in a kind of like hasty environment. So you're less likely to either one, make a informed, you know, decision. And also you're less likely to use safe practices Mm -hmm. such as like condoms Condoms and and, and use the condom the right way because you're not rushing. And it's like a, you know, a thing you want to do and you've thought about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to mention all the other like psychological side effects of, you know, that, but, um, Yeah, that's another myth that exists where people are saying, oh, well, that's gross that you're having sex with other people. And I'll admit, like, when I was younger, I definitely had that stigma that I thought. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought if you were in a polyamorous relationship, oh, my God, you're going to, you're twice as much more likely to have
0: you know, like STDs an or STD, yeah, because you're just having more sex. Actually, the opposite is true. When it's the opposite their, because
1: because you're doing um because you're making informed decisions and because you're doing everything consensually and you have made it like a conscious.
0: You know, choice, lifestyle so choice
1: yeah. to do this. Then you're, you're like, then more, you don't have to get drunk yeah. to like have sex with this other person. Right. You know, you don't have to do longer... it in like a random gross broom closet at the Christmas party. Broom closet, <laughs> broom closet at the Christmas party. <laughs> oh, you sexy. know, because like you have a relationship with this person, and in the same way that you wouldn't have safe sex with your monogamous, or like you wouldn't make stupid sex choices with your
0: monogamous, monogamous partner,
1: partner, you're not going to make stupid sex choices with your non-monogamous partner.
0: And you're um, more grounded. I think when we talk about different things, this goes across different topics. But this sounds like if you're in this, you're more grounded in what you want and in your decisions. So you're not going to take it as lightly. Because again, it's like in this type of place, it's like you're thinking, it's all, it sounds to me like it's all about thinking about what you want to what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be making those snap decisions of being like, oh, maybe this will lead to something. It's more like, do I really want this? Am I going to do this? Again, because in these relationships, like some relationships are absolutely not sexual. They're bringing something else to the table. Right. Some are. Some aren't, right? So it's like how close do you want to be to somebody? It's based on what your needs are at that
1: time. Right. It's so funny that there's so many myths out there. I mean, we're just talking about polyamory, Mm -hmm. but it's like there's so many myths about polyamory that I'm reading that are actually the opposite. Like the opposite is true. It's not even just like, oh, that's not true. It's like it's actually the opposite. Like polyamorous people are having less safe sex actually they're having more safe monogamous sex. <laughs> people are having more unsafe sex than polyamorous so like it's so funny to me that for mm-hmm. years and years it's just this perception because you know, it seems yeah. like
0: it's dirty off the bat right it's like oh right. you're sleeping with a bunch of people that scene societal is what wrong right even though monogamous people to get to monogamy half the time are sleeping around all over the place, right? That's the thing, too, is there's this thing called,
1: there's this phenomenon called polyfidelity (laughs) uh, where you have your group of people that are in your polyamorous life Mm -hmm. and you guys all have made a pact to not sleep with anyone else outside, of that, outside circle, of that circle, which is way more safe than having a one night stand, right?
0: Of like random or cheating with some just random met person, at a bar yeah, or met at a work trip or whatever. Right? And you don't know anything about them. If yet.
1: anything, that's like the safest choice. Yeah, because think about it: if you have like five different people to have sex, like sexual experiences with, yeah. and then you know that they're all being safe. There's a comfort in that, right? And like then a it huge could be done. weights mm-hmm. lifted. Yeah. So um, something interesting to think about.
0: And then it also goes back to the other myth breaking about being like, oh, the polyamory is about um, not being able to commitment phobes and mm. not having
1: commitment phobes
0: Yes, <laughs> commitment phobes and not being able to be like close to somebody. Right. It's for people who don't want to get attached. But then that's not true because people usually who practice polyamory tend to use the word abundance <laughs> to describe the wealth of love, affection and possibility that having multiple partners tends to bring to their life. Um. So it's like Actually like There's and I guess in that way When you think about it There's like more love Or more attachment They're like um, Actually they're like The downside of it Is that there's more Potential heartbreak Because There's oh. more love That's connection So That's a good point When something's not Communicating your desires Or needs are Better that connection Isn't happening It's easier for it To get lost Or not last But people there It's not that they're Trying to not make Connections or not Attached They're actually Like more attached Right mm-hmm. just to more People And going back to what we're talking about about why communication is so important um
1: that's why yeah and there's also this phenomenon that we should touch on called compersion which plays into the um points we were making earlier about like jealousy and how there's the common reaction to someone who's polyamorous of saying oh you're just probably jealous all the time, or I would just be jealous all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's actually, again, once again, we find it's the opposite, that because they're polyamorous, they are happy. So, compersion is the idea of someone getting joy from seeing their partner happy and sexually satisfied oh, yeah, by yeah. someone else. So that's the phenomenon of compersion. So that literally is behind so much polyamorous relationships mm-hmm. because instead of saying like, oh, I'm jealous, like how dare they You know, have good sex with someone else <laughs> that's not me, it's actually I feel good because my partner feels good having sex with this other person or like, um, having a relationship yeah. with this other person. So it's quite literally the opposite.
0: Right. That it's like, Oh, I'm so happy that you're happy, but I mean it. Right. right. And yeah. then being like, Oh, like we have this, right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's probably something that you're having in between the partners that you're getting, but let's say, yes, let's say the sexuality is something that the person is getting elsewhere, but like better. Right. Then it's like, well, I'm so happy that you're having that experience, but it brings you back to the table of being a happier, more fulfilled person. So it's probably making your relationship better in some type of way, shape, or form. Right. Because right? why do people go and have affairs? They go do it because they're missing something. Right. So when they're having that part satisfied, they're probably becoming more whole of a person at that time and being more engaged or whatever the case is. Right. But it's like that's why they're doing it because something is not there. So it's like, well, if it's not there and you can't provide it, then they're like, okay, you're getting it there. But then we can be more whole because you're going to be calmer or you're going to be happier or you're going to be more present right, when we are
1: and I think it's important to note that we're not we're not saying like monogamy is bad in this episode. No. But I think we're just bringing to light some of the misconceptions that uh that come with exist that. with non-monogamous relationships that is just unfair because mm-hmm. some people are best served in a non monogamous setting. Some people are best served in, in a monogamous. monogamous setting. So it's just it's just different. It's not one's right and one's wrong. It's just a different form of relationship yes and the reason why more has to be
0: said about this or at least i think is because it's not as accepted and not as widely talked about mm-hmm. that's why i think that there has to be more of this like it almost sounds defensive or whatever the case is but it's just that it's like more to be like get your mind open to it because mm-hmm. i think just like, challenge the norm yeah it's yeah. like more just like anything else it's more about the non-judgment because what we know about sexual activity right when we're covering all these different topics It's that anything that's outside of the cookie-cutter box that's put into society as a norm is seen as judged upon and something's wrong. But the more you explore it and the more you learn about it, the more you realize that it's not wrong and there's nothing evil happening. It's that it's different and people don't have the understanding. So I'm more about this idea of, like, let's not judge and think more about what different things are. The more that we know, the more that we grow. <laughs> oh. Oh, as people. Look at me rhyming. But it's true. The Dropping more that the we realness. know, right? The more, that, the more that we can accept different things and just be like, oh, that's not a weird concept. That's just another option. It's mm-hmm. like a buffet.
1: You and might also, want to be married with one person. You once might this information not. is more readily available, then someone who has these feelings, they don't feel lost. They... It's an option of the buffet, right? And they can openly say, "Oh, wow, you know what? I think I think that's that more for me. Might be the direction I want to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and um, that's okay, right? Right? just being like, okay, maybe that one partner is more for you. Maybe you love that idea. Yeah, I pick a fence. Maybe you're all in.
1: Yeah, and maybe I think you're
0: like, I want to go to Bali. And like, like right you now, know? <laughs> <laughs> like
1: it's just all it's whatever's yeah. for you. <laughs> but it's like the same. I mean, that can be said about so many different topics, even in sex, like so many different topics. Whether it's sexuality, like like we were just talking about knowing these different sexualities exist knowing that sexuality can be fluid it's knowing spectrum, that gender can right? be fluid yeah <laughs> knowing like these that that that's just a thing can be so helpful to someone at a younger mm-hmm. age as opposed to going through their whole life thinking they're some kind of outsider I, and now. that they're bad or their thoughts are bad and like Stop yeah. what? Stop going on in my head. What's going? What's, or again, if you know it's I mean? not
0: understood, it's evil. Which I yeah. hate that concept because oh, it's, if it's unknown, it's evil. Like it takes this turn to being yeah. like how this. Like it's like all those statistics that are so wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like well, because they're evil people, they're all fucking each other. But then it's like that's you don't know that. <laughs> those you evil don't know people having a about it.
1: enjoyable sexual experience. <laughs> <Like> their
0: orgies. <laughs> but it's like you don't know the first thing about it, and yeah. you're willing to make. That's why such it's called harsh. horny because they have horns. <laughs> oh, nice uh-huh. horns. You're willing to make such harsh judgments that aren't there. And mm-hmm. then, again, for, like, everything else, like, for other people, right? Like, when they're exploring, there's no empowerment in anything other than the norm. Yeah. But what about knowing everything? There's a spectrum to everything. And a big lesson from polyamory, which I like, which I think it's for everything, is that one size does not fit all. Polyamory
1: isn't, and neither is love. We know that. Right. right? There's it even different kinds of polyamory. Like we said, yeah. there's different... There's different forms of relationships. Um, so what we were talking about before, like how there's a primary and then a secondary. That's sometimes the case for polyamorous. There's other polyamorous relationships that just have equal across the board, equal mm-hmm. connection across the board to everyone. Um, there's polyfidelity, and then there's also some relationships that don't have that. But I think the biggest thing that we that that is cons- that is constant across polyamory is consent yes is and that it's 100 on percent it. is not polyamorous unless it's consensual right. and, being and open. here's what's interesting too is that there can be so cheating is like a big buzzword i think in polyamory and people say oh well polyamory is just an excuse not to cheat mm-hmm. or it, it is an excuse to cheat right but that's actually not true because you can still cheat in a polyamorous relationship because like we lying said lying it involves or consent. hiding it right it involves consent if you're not being honest with your partner about who you're having sex with. It's the if same. If you lie about who you had sex with. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. It's still just as much cheating as it is in a monogamous relationship. The people will be just as hurt because. It's in not this like a world not It's very about openness. Right. And being honest and
0: just forthcoming with your thoughts, opinions, and what you're doing. Right. Right. If you're doing it behind somebody's backs, no matter what, that is cheating. And that is the evil <laughs> of, if you're not going to call it out on yourself, right? Yeah. That's. And then someone's going to catch you. That's the wrong part.
1: 100%.
0: So, again, but it's not, I like the idea of, like, one size does not fit all for almost anything, Mm -hmm. right? Like, anything that's that. So it's, like, just that idea that's, like, well, why would love be a one-size-fits-all thing?
1: And so, I mean, I think one of the takeaways is if you think that you want to explore polyamory, don't feel shame about it. I know it's easier said than done, but... (laughs) You know, the internet is a really big resource. Do some research. Whether you really think polyamory is for you or whether you more just want to, like, explore swing lifestyle or just being non-monogamous. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be polyamory. But if you're having these, if you're wanting to explore the non-monogamous lifestyle, do some research, figure out the route that's best for you. You know, maybe you, it's kind of, it would be hard, I feel like, to jump from just, being in a monomic mon, mon- 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 <laughs> a monopoly. Being in a monogamous relationship and then jumping to oh now I'm an intimate with multiple people, it probably would be like a you know, progression of trying out seeing what you like, seeing what you're comfortable with, self checking. I think that's a big one. Making yes. sure what you're doing is because you want to do it, not because your partner wants to do it. Check yourself. It really is like check yourself. <laughs> um treat yourself but, <laughs> but check, check yourself. yourself. <laughs> but yeah, um, don't feel shame about it. Do your research. Think about how you want to do it. Be open with your partner. Be honest with them. Do not stifle those feelings because if you just push something down that's inside of you, it's going to blow up and be, make for a not you know a bad relationship anyway. So
0: and any relationship, no matter what yeah. the case is, you
1: always have to be honest with yourself. Yeah, for sure first. I mean, we always say communicate, but you know, but do it. Communicate. That's my book.
0: I'm going to mention it in every episode. Now. Just do communicate. It. It's going to be just. Well, actually, the pages are just going to say communicate, communicate, <laughs> yes. communicate. It's just going to <laughs> just communicate,
1: communicate, sell communicate. communication. <laughs> Chapter two, communicate,
0: communicate, <laughs> followed by just a page that says communicate because that's what it really is. Like we know, we always say that, yeah, but every situation boils down to talking. Like right, like even when we're talking about this, we're spreading the information further banning people to think about it however the month it's like everything is always about talking because we're social human beings we need to talk to make our ideas be known it's true talk talk, talk, it talk. out but talk in a way that's like honest not just don't just talk out of your butt
1: yeah don't talk out of your butt <laughs> talk out of your brain <laughs> talk out of your brain <laughs> don't talk everything. out of your butt talk out of your brain it's like think about what's actually going on and no talk butt talk it. all brain talk
0: you can make your butt talk That's pretty impressive, impressive yeah
1: I don't know if I'd want to see that, but I kind of I want to see that. I don't.
0: Like, you wrote, right, right? But it's, like, that's impressive. Sorry about it, literally.
1: But communicate. Communicate, yes. But we hope that this part one of polyamory helped answer some questions or some curiosities. It of definitely answers it some is. of my questions. Part two, I think we'll get more into how it deeper, looks. <laughs> how it looks, yeah, how it's played out. How um, it's, and then
0: how it's happening, right, with some of these societal things, like people that are actually experiencing it, mm-hmm. right? How it goes. Because, again, I think that it's just, like, it's it's like just one of those that needs swept to be under the rug things, but it's actually more common than you think, kind of like a lot of things are. And it's, like, if it can just be a little bit more brought to the surface, again, maybe in the buffet of things, it can be a more acceptable option. And you don't have to feel weird that that's how you feel. For sure. Because I think that's a big part, not mm. feeling weird about how you feel about things. And this is one of those places where I think a lot
1: of people feel weird. That's true. And it's not weird if you just talk about it and get the facts. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of 2021. We hope that your New Year's was enjoyable and wonderful. And we hope that your 2021 is filled with all the sex, (laughs) all the communication, and just nothing but good times. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, on the iTunes podcast app, as well as Spotify, um, and reach out to us on social media or handle the Sex Queens Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. That's S-E-X-Q-U-E-E-N-S-P-O-D. You can also always, always email us with your stories, recommendations, corrections, um, anything like that. Any anecdote you want to add to sexqueenspod at gmail.com. We love you guys and we're really excited to kick off the new year with you. And as always, we don't know why you came. We're glad you did. See you next time, Queens. Happy New Year!